Today's reading is from the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1 to 15. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah, the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. But when Samballat, Tobia, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet the threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we cannot build the wall. Also, our enemies said, Before they know it or see it, we will be right there among them, and will kill them and put an end to their work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, Wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning again. I'm so glad that you, you can be here and I can be here again. We thank God that each one of our days are numbered. Our days are numbered. It's so good that we can be here and celebrate together. So I'm just going to take a couple of a few minutes from your of your time this summer, uh, as uh, this summer uh, kind of uh, environment, to be able to talk a little bit more about rebuilding uh, with Nehemiah. You know, Joel have been just teaching for this past few weeks about uh, the important and what it means to rebuild, especially after all the things that have happened to us as a people. So, Lord, we just invite you to be here. May the word of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, from the story of Nehemiah, chapter 1, chapter 2, we have really told you about how he got a calling to be able to rebuild. But again, what was he? He saw the walls of his city, Jerusalem, crumbled. 
And so, and God called him uh, and his generation to be able to rebuild. And we have spoken in, in, in weeks past about how important it is for us to build a, a, a city-shaped church. How do we create space in our lives to be a city-shaped church? We meet now uh, Nehemiah in chapter 4 and his people. And in particular, I want to draw your attention to chapter 4, verse 10. And the word of the Lord to them is that Nehemiah says this, The strength of the people is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. I want to just, uh, just sit on this uh, for a minute. My homily is about that. Our strength is gone, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Have you ever had those experiences where your strength is gone? There is so much rubble, and you cannot rebuild. Our story all begin with this, that there is a dream that God has over your life. There is a vision over your life. There is a calling and there is a destiny. There is a purpose that you are here on this earth to fulfill. Nobody is here in this world, in this world by chance. Nobody is here by chance. Nobody is just a visitor in this world. Everybody is here in this world sent by God with a destiny, with a purpose. Don't let anybody talk to you out of purpose. So you got to get clear about the purpose of your life. There is a why for you. And today's sermon, I want to just bring you to that point where you get clarity about that and being clear that there is purpose in your life. Like in the people of Nehemiah, and that is about rebuilding the wall. And that there is a purpose for your life too. There is a reason why you are here. You are not just here to occupy space. You're not just here for nothing. But again, as we do who we be, we get clarity about our calling. And we want to do who we are. We find ourselves sometime that given the struggle of life, the difficulty that we endure in our life, we get discouraged and disappointed. So we meet Nehemiah in one point of disappointment. If you are not careful, the disappointment of your life will demolish your sense of hope. Here, we are talking about a people who have had they lived in those, they lived in Jerusalem. They seen the wall, which was a symbol of their security. They seen it evaporate. But it was not just out of the blue. It was because of their sin, God sent them out in exile. And now God said, it's time for you to return. And to return, I want you to begin to rebuild the walls. Many a time we see our hope crumble. We see everything around us crumble. Our hope, our dreams, our expectation die. The wall crumble and so much rubble. It seems we cannot rebuild the walls of our lives. In many ways, I think this is the experience that many people are feeling. We're just so exhausted. It feels like everything else is on top of you. You feel like you're buried. You don't even understand your life. You're buried in the questions of life. You're buried in your own failure. You don't even know where your story begins and ends anymore. 
Some of you, maybe your experience of life is that you have no hope anymore. There's discouragement, disappointment in your relationship with God, in your relationship with others. Nehemiah and his people find themselves right there. Now, the walls are crumbled. Their hope is that. And then they have somebody by the name of Sambala who is saying this in chapter 4, verse 1 to 2. He said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Notice this. This guy renames them. He wants to call them by a name other than the name that God called them. What are those feeble? He said, these are weak people. So he is diminishing who they are. If you are not clear about personhood, about who you are, somebody's comment will destabilize you. Hmm? Somebody's comment, somebody will say you are feeble, you are weak, you are nothing. They will rename you to such a way that actually you fail. What are those feeble people doing? Will they restore their work? So he's questioning their work. Have you been there where somebody is questioning yourself, your work, and your job, and your duty, and your presence on the wall? Somebody is questioning why you are here on earth. Will they offer sacrifice? Will they finish in a day? They may have started, they can't finish. Here it is. Can they bring the stone back to life from those heap of rubble? Burn as they are. Have you been there where you have been burned out? For many people, that's the experience of life. You just burn out. You've done so much. You work, 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 burn out. This is a situation that the children of Israel, the people of God, found themselves in. So the question is, is there hope after failure? Is there hope after everything crumbled? Is there hope after divorce? Is there hope after the wall crumbled on you? Is there hope after your business failed, is there any hope at all? The critics, the Sambala around you will say to you, there is no hope at all. Because they benefit from you not rising up. And so they are there to reinforce the negative part of your life. You just can't do it. You're way too weak. You're feeble. But I want you to notice something also. Verse 19 the work is extensive and spread out and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Not only is there an enemy outside of you that is critiquing you, criticizing you, and putting you down, but also in terms of your position on the wall, we are so spread out. Sometimes our problem is that we are too spread out. We have so many priorities. So many priorities, we can't actually get on ahead. So, enemy from outside and from within, we are too spread out. So what does Nehemiah do? The first thing that Nehemiah does in chapter 3, he calls people to walk, to get closer, to walk next to each other. If you read chapter 3, he will say, this family walk next to this family, next to this family, next to this family. And what Nehemiah is trying to illustrate for you and me is that when it comes to rebuilding the walls of a city, when it comes to rebuilding 
after a big catastrophe happened, when it comes to rebuilding, after a major event happened in your life, you need to learn to work with the people that God has placed next to you. That is, for every challenge that there is that you face in your life, God said, you are not to face it alone. It is not good for man to be alone. It's not good for me to be alone. There is no ministry to which you have been called that you must do it by yourself. The first step to rebuilding and to, to catching your breath is to realizing who is the person that God placed next to me. Because if you misidentify the people that place that God places next to you, you will turn them into an enemy. Who is it that God called me to go? We say our motto here is we go there together. So it is together to get there. Together to get there. It's a two by two. It's a, as together we come united in our unity that we can get to that place. So Nehemiah begin by recognizing how important it is for us to get close. The work of the enemy is always to, to divide us, to pull us apart. But the work of God is always to unite, to bring us together so that we can learn to walk together. And for everybody whose hope is that, whose enthusiasm is buried in the rubble of life, there is hope in the word of Nehemiah. You see, when we talk about a crush hope, and the work of the enemy. And part of what the enemy does to get to us is he, he bury us in our own story. He asks, look, your strength, clarity come from the story you tell yourself. And for many of us, our problem, the problem that we are experiencing, the defeat we are feeling in our heart, it is due to the story we tell ourselves. So the enemy infests us by infesting our story. What is the story you are telling about you? What do you believe about you? The enemy makes you believe a lie. And part of that lie is that you are a victim. You are really only a victim. You have been traumatized. You have, have you had a tough past. You have had a very difficult past. And therefore, you cannot succeed. And I'm telling you, God is out to redeeming people's story. Everybody who is changing the world today have had a tough upbringing. Sophie is here. You can ask her about her story. It's usually when people who have been to so much pain, God use them and transform them and make their lives added value. But the enemy wants you to be stuck in your own story. I want you to learn today to become free by retelling a different story about yourself. I am not just a failure. I am not my failure. I'm not my problem. I'm not my struggle. I am not my defeat. The Bible says the righteous fall seven times, but seven times the Lord picks them up. It did not say the sinner falls seven times. It says the righteous falls seven times. That means sometimes we can define ourselves by our mistake, by our failures. But God is telling you, you are not to be defined 
by those moments of your trauma and your defeat. Christ define you. Your failures and your mistake don't define you. Are you with me so far? And so part of your liberty, rebuilding begins by us actually re-understanding our story and telling the right story of ourselves. If you don't like the story that you're living, change it. And how you do that? By repenting. Repentance means I'm telling myself a new story. And so whatever direction I was going, I turn around and I go the other way. So if you are telling yourself a defeated story, you tell yourself a new story. God is with me. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. You're not a victim anymore. Your days of being a victim are over because God in Christ in the Spirit is here to restore our story, to restore our names. You see, um, within the scripture, we have many people. It's funny, whenever uh, people have such a powerful encounter with God, they change their name. Jacob, Israel. From deceiver to Israel, to the one who have wrestled with God and prevailed. Why? The only difference is a change of story. In the, the retelling of a new name, there is a new story that emerges. What is the story that you're stuck in? Tell yourself a brand new story. And by the power of Christ, by the power of God, you can relive that story. It's a redempt the redemption story that God has for you. Victimism can bury you. Problem can bury you. Grief can bury you. Loss can bury you. Broken relationship can bury you. Like rubble, you can find yourself right there without oxygen, lost in your own problems. But God is telling you, your problems may not define you. God will never let you down. And the work of rebuilding is the work of retelling yourself a different story and calling yourself by the name that God gave you, restoring your stories, your names, the walls of your story, the walls of who you are. You see, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 says this, you are a living stone. You are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. It turns that each one of us who know Jesus Christ, we are a precious stone. So when Sambala questions them, he said, can they rebuild this stone? Can they restore, restore the stone? He said, can they bring the stone back to life from those heap of rubble? But the word of God and the work of God is to prove the people and the likes of Sambala wrong is that you are precious in God's sight. Whosoever you are, no matter what you're going through, never ever lose sight of this truth. You are a precious stone, a living stone, carefully chosen by God. And you are here for a purpose. When you retrieve that story, when you retrieve your name, you become a change agent for this world. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for
going to ask the praise and worship team to come. I'm going to ask, Father, I just pray for each and every one of us that are standing and sitting in the presence of God this day. And many of us who are sitting, uh, maybe just believing that for some reason God has forsaken us. Because of what we are experiencing in our life, maybe it's a broken relationship, maybe it's a divorce, maybe some friend have left us. Maybe we will fail at something. Business fail. And we tend to think that we are a failure. Father, I want to thank you for the work of God in Christ in the spirit that restores your people to the right story. And that we are not to live in those story of being defeated, but we are to live in the story of a redemption of Christ. The salvation of our soul. And that your story, O oh Lord, define us. Today, I pray with compassion for those who are grieving among us. Those who are loved of their lost loved ones. A parent, a brother, a friend. And those who are just lost because they, don't, they can't find their way again. And they're lost in the rubble of grief. This morning we pray for the restoration of their story. and the dignity that they find in you. I pray for those who are weeping. Those who are confused about their work. Those who have no job, they lost their job, they lost meaning. Lord, this morning, We pray and ask for grace for them to rise up from the rubbles of their lives. To rise up from broken stories, broken time, and to embrace the new that is in Jesus Christ. Living stone, precious, chosen by God. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.